Shalom to all. Today's daf is Yerushalmi Shviyas daf Ayin Aleph, and we are starting right at the top of the Amud and in the Vilna Sursa daf it's on Chafei Amud Aleph, about a third of the way into the Amud with the words Amra Va. And today's daf is sponsored by Lili Nishmas, Mars Miriam Sarabas, Rabbi Moshe, Hernish Shama should have an Aliyah. Now we conclude yesterday with Machlok is about an egg that was laid on Yontif, a beitzah shenol de Yontif, when Yontif was on Friday, leading right into Shabbos. And the question is, may we eat this egg on Shabbos? And the Machlok revolves around whether we view Shabbos and Yontif that are together as one kedusha, kedusha achas, or Shtei Kedusha is like two totally separate days. So according to it's like Kedusha Achas, and therefore this Beit HaShanol de Biyantif is Asar on Shabbos, whereas according to it's Shtei Kedusha and this Beit HaShanol de Biyantif is Mutter on Shabbos. So I think where picks up with the opposite case, Amar Avarava says, also of the Kumi Rav Yasa, the following story came in front of Rav Yasa regarding an egg that was laid on Shabbos and Yantif was on Sunday, is it permitted to eat it? And Ubam Yavid Krav he wanted to pass on Krav that it's permitted. However, Kad Shoma de Rav Rav Chanino Mispalgin, once he heard that Rav and Rav Chanino argue with Rav Yechanon, Shramino, he withheld himself from Paschal like Rabbi Yechanan. Now, where do we see that Rav and Rabchanina argue with Rabbi Yechanan? They spalgan, they argue. She are psila. What about the leftover wick? A piece of cloth was lit for Shabbos candles and it went out on Shabbos. Now it's a regular wick. And she are Madura, the leftover of a bonfire from Shabbos. Or she are Shemen, the leftover oil, Shakavu Bishabbos, that was extinguished on Shabbos. Mawadali Kibiyantif is one allowed to light this on Yantif the next day when Yantif's on Sunday. So Rav and Rabchanina, Tereh and Amrin, Asr. Both Rav and Rabchanina say that it's Asr, whereas Rabbi so it seems to be from here, the Rav and Rav Chanina hold that it's Kedusha Achas when Shabbos goes into Yantif or vice versa. It's just considered like one long day and the same way that it was Mukta on Shabbos, so it's Mukta on Yantif. However, Rabbi Yechanan argues. But I'm reviewed in Kumi Rav Mana. Reviewed in Asim for Rav Mana. And this is the proper Girsa. What does this have to do with the case of Beitza? In this Machalik, is between Rav and Rav Chanina on one side and Rabbi Yechanan on the other side. The reason why Rav and Rav Chanina hold that it's Asr to light on Yantif is because it was made into a usable wick to light on Shabbos. So that's like hachana from Shabbos to Yontif. It doesn't have to do with mukta like we thought originally, but the egg laid on Shabbos could very well be permitted on Yontif, even according to Rav Chanina, because Shabbos and Yontif could be two kedushas. However, Amrleir of Mana told him that these cases are comparable because since we see the Rabban and the Beis Medrash compare these two cases, Hadamr that tells us Yada Yada that these are the same cases. I will continue with something similar. Mishum Arba Amru in the name of four Zakanim they said anyone whose eruv is eaten on the first day he's like the people of his city on the second day. Now let's explain this. This is an important Shabbos and Yontif related halacha. We know that one is limited to walking 2,000 amas from their place of dwelling on Shabbos and Yontif, and a person's place of dwelling is determined where their food is, and that's usually a person's house. But let's say this person wants to walk more than 2,000 amas in one particular direction on Shabbos or Yontif. So there's a very easy fix to this. He takes some food, which will be used as his Erov, and before Shabbos or Yontif, he places it down 2,000 amas away from his house, and now that's considered where his place of residence is, and he could still be at home because it's within range, but he can't walk past his home in any direction other than where he put his Erev down. And so on Shabbos Riyantif, he walks to his Erev, that's 2,000 Amas, but then he could walk another 2,000 Amas past that, enabling him a total of 4,000 Amas in that direction. And that's called Erevet Chumen. So then that we just learned from the Arba Zakanim is referring to where a person put his Erev down, let's say Erev Shabbos, and on Shabbos he walks his Erev and it turns out that it was eaten. Maybe a person found it and decided that he was hungry and he ate it. Maybe an animal ate it. It. So that means at the beginning of Yontif, which is Matzah Shabbos, he doesn't have an Erev anymore. And these are Bozakanim said, he's like the people of his city, which means he goes back to his original din before he put his Erev down, and he has 2,000 Amas from his house, or in this case, we're talking about his city, and he's not allowed to go an extra 2,000 Amas in that direction that he wants. Now, what do we learn from here? That when we have Shabbos and Yontif together, that's like two Kedushas, and that each day is its own thing, and since he doesn't have an Erev at the beginning of Yontif, so he's not allowed to go that extra 2,000 Amas, because if it was one Kedusha, then even even though his Erev 
disappeared in the middle of Shabbos, he'd be allowed to walk that extra 2,000 Amas on Yontif. And Rav Huna says, B'Shem Rav, Halacha Kar Bazakainim, Halacha is like these are Bazakainim. So now that we have this member in the name of Rav, Ayn al Falam on the top, Rav Chazda Bar, Rav Chazda asks the following question, Machal Shitasi the Rav. It seems to be that we have a steer in the Shita of Rav. Tamanu Avalah Shte Kedushais, over there he considers it like two Kedushais, meaning in this Halacha that we just quoted, Vakayu Avalah Kedusha Achas, but over here he cheats it like one Kedusha. And we had this on Amun Aleph, but we quoted again now, Dispalgun, they argue, Shiar Psila, Shiar Madura, Shiar Shem and Shakavu Bishabes, leftover wick, the leftover bonfire, the leftover oil that got extinguished on Shabbos. Is one allowed to light it on Yontif when Yontif falls out right after Shabbos? So Rav Chanina Trehain Armin Usser. Rav and Chanina both say that it's Usser. Rav Yechon Armin Mutter. Rav Yechon says that it's Mutter. So we see from here that Rav treats Shabbos and Yontif together as one kedusha, not two kedushas. However, Amar Mana Kumi Rav Yudan. Rav Mana asks in front of Rav Yudan, Ma Afchal Psila Gavi Beitza. What does the case of Psila have to do with Beitza? And Amar Lehi told him, as we learned in Amar Aleph, Min Mada Nan Chami Rabban and Midami La. Since we see the Rabban comparing it, Hada Amra Hiada Hiada, that tells us that it's the same case. And now going back to explain the Mishnah, we said. And this is a machalikas in regards to Svichim. And remember, we had explained in the Mishnah the machalikas between Rab Shimon and the Chamim is in regards to Svichim that start growing in the sixth year, but now it's the seventh year. According to everybody, Svichim that grow in the seventh year is Asr. But what about if they started growing in the sixth year and they're being picked in the seventh year? Do they have a din of Svichim that they're Asr or not? So the Chamim say that all Svichim are Asr, period. Whereas Rab Shimon said the only Svichim that are Asr are Svichim of Kruv, cabbage. Why? And we didn't know what that meant. So now we're going to explain that. And the Gemara asks, Just because there isn't anything like this with all the other vegetables in the field, they should be usur. What does one have to do with another? That's because they grow imahis, meaning the leaves of kruv grow very quickly. Imahis means they grow very large, so it looks like it's the original mother plant, if you will. And that's why they're usur because of sfichim. However, we have the same question. Just because they grow very big leaves very quickly, that's why they should be usur because of sfichin on Shemitah, what does one have to do with another? So our Shmuel Bar Yitzchak, he answers, they call Yerik all other vegetables, you're able to tell very easily if it's new, meaning it's a seventh year growth, or if it's old, it's a sixth year growth. And therefore, all other vegetables that started growing in the sixth year, even though they're being picked in the seventh year, don't have an Isra Sfichim, because we know that they're from the sixth year. From Hacha, however, when we're talking about Kruv, since they grow very quickly, it's very possible these very large leaves that are being picked are not from the sixth year, even though maybe they look like they're from the sixth year, and they're actually from the seventh year, and they have a real Isser of Sfichim. And that's why, even according to Shimon, there's Xera on them that they're Usser. And what's Xera? So that a person shouldn't go and pick Kruv that's Usser, and say, I brought it from the mother, meaning I brought it from the original plant that grew on the sixth year. And that's why, according to Shimon, there's only an Isser in regards to Kruv, but not regarding other vegetables. However, the Chamim say that we Asser all Sfichim because of Sfichai Kruv. And the Gemara continues, We don't require a person to uproot Luf on Shemitah. That's because it can remain in the ground for a very long time. He can leave it exactly as it is. And if it continued growing, meaning the eighth year, so now that he picks it in the eighth year, it's considered eighth year loaf and not seventh year loaf. So there's no problem leaving it in the ground on Shemitah. Furthermore, in there's no chiv to uproot this kinris on Shemitah because it could stay in the ground for a very long time. But he does have to trim or peel off the leaves that grow because those can't remain for a long time. It's just the root of the plant that remains for a long time. And if new leaves grew on this plant, so this plant is permitted. Ask the Gemara, how could you say that you're allowed to peel these leaves off of this plant on Shemitah? Doesn't it turn out that you're ruining food that's for animals? These kinnis leaves are good animal food. And if you peel them off on Shemitah, that means that they're going to end up decaying and they're going to get ruined. So you're ruining Shemitah food. So Gemara 
Grant says it's not a problem. They get ruined on their own. When you peel them off, they're perfectly fine. It's just that over the course of time, they're going to end up decaying and getting ruined, but that's not like you ruined them, so that's why it's not a problem on Shemitah. We're going to stop here for the day and pick up tomorrow and continue to explain the Mishnah for now. Everyone should have a wonderful day.